Our first reading this morning comes from the book of the prophet Zechariah, the ninth chapter. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to all nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. People of God, uh, join me now as we read from Psalm 145, responsively, whole verse by whole verse. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, you are good to all, and your compassion is over all your works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your faithful ones shall bless you. They shall tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your power, that all people may know of your power and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all ages. You, Lord, are faithful in all your words and loving in all your works. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. Our second reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, the seventh chapter. Paul writes, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it then to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members." Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Holy Gospel this morning comes according to the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying to them, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they said, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. 
yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, we join me now for a word of prayer. Almighty God, help us to know that the delight of your law, your goodness, your mercy, and your forgiveness dwells within each and every one of us. Let your spirit flow through us that it is not we who do good things, but your Son risen in and among us who does them through us. Save us from this body of death by the presence of your Spirit and the guidance of your Word given in these texts and in your Son dwelling among us. Bless us in these and all things which we lift before you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So at a time of year where our attention turns to celebrate Independence Day here in the United States, it's important to remember that as Christians, we do not claim independence. Independence suggests that we are dependent on no one and thereby responsible for our own lot in life, success or failure. However, we know differently We depend entirely on God who creates us, supplies us with our every need and blesses us with friends and family to support us in our weakness and celebrate with us in our joy. We depend entirely on Jesus who redeems us from our brokenness, forgiving our sins and embracing us in the promise of his resurrection life. We depend entirely on the Spirit who sustains us to trust in God's promises, comforts us in the face of despair, and advocates for the wholeness of creation by empowering us to offer hope and deliverance to the oppressed, the outcast, and the overlooked. Our entire life, from birth to death, is one of utter dependence on God and neighbor. In Christ, we do not declare independence, but we do celebrate God's perfect freedom given to us through the waters of baptism. We often use independence and freedom as synonyms, but there are nuances to the way that Scripture uses these words which highlight just how different they are. For one, Scripture never uses the word independent or any variation And when the author of Scripture talks of freedom, 
They are not talking about individual rights. Freedom in scripture has to do with God's liberation of a people from powers and systems and governments which are oppressive. Israel's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. The people's freedom from the Roman Empire and its reign of terror and abuse of power. The crowds begged Jesus for liberation from corrupt politicians, religious authorities, and local leaders which twist the laws of state and God to squeeze the dignity out of the poor, the foreigner, and those deemed undesirable to the established order. And each and every one of us rely on God's goodness for freedom from the burden of sin and its yoke over each and every person's daily life, causing us to do that which we do not want to do. Freedom, then, is not about being independent, making our own rules, our own decisions, or claiming our own rights as singular persons. Freedom does not look like this petty debate going on around us right now over wearing face masks or quarantining or sterilizing and sanitizing. With true freedom, there is no debate at all. Freedom is about not being held captive to a way of living which disgraces God and God's desire for wholeness, life, and flourishing for all creation. Freedom is about being liberated from a cycle of selfish sinfulness so fully that we are able to lay down this world's burdens over our lives and to take up another yoke. A yoke can be one of two things, right? Most of us think of the large wooden yoke that's used by oxen or donkeys or other beasts of burden for agricultural use. But in the Jewish rabbinic tradition, a yoke was what a teacher passed on to their pupils. Their teachings about God, their understanding of the world, and their disciplines of prayer, worship, and service to the neighbor. Quite often that yoke was symbolized by a stole, which a pupil took upon themselves when they claimed a master's teachings. To take on a yoke was to interpret the world in the same way as your teacher, embodying their character in the whole of your being so that one day you could pass on that same yoke to another generation of pupils. Jesus says, take what I have to teach you and carry it around you each and every day. Let my yoke become your daily burden because what I have to teach you is easy. And what I offer to you is light. Does the daily burden of labor without compensation deny you of life? Are you weary that the world around us looks no better than it did yesterday? That people who claim to serve God do not love their neighbors as themselves, claiming personal preferences over the general welfare? Do not be weighed down by such sinful arrogance and ambivalence anymore. Come to me and be free. And what does Jesus teach us about freedom? Taking the form of a servant, 
silent before his accusers, willing to march himself to death so as not to compromise his character and his mission of offering God's forgiveness to a world that doesn't even ask for it. Jesus was truly free. Yet throughout his entire life, he chose to take on the yoke of the oppressed. He called it easy. And then he gave it to us. In Christ, freedom is never a license to do as we please. It's always permission to live, love, and serve our neighbors selflessly and generously in the name of Jesus without fear of shame or ridicule or even death. In Christ, we do not claim sovereignty over ourselves or our neighbors. God's kingdom reigns in our lives as we serve Christ, our Lord, our Master, and our King. In Christ, freedom is never a right. It is always a holy responsibility. Because freedom does not look like life without limits. Freedom looks like taking on a different yoke, a different burden. The responsibility of humility and patience and mercy. Offering forgiveness to those who wrong us. Healing to those who are afflicted. And liberation to those whose existence is marred by cycles of debt, abuse, poverty, and violence. The price of true freedom is not blood, but the willingness of God's people to lay down our own rights, our own privileges, our own securities for the sake of the other. To bear the yoke of our teacher and master Jesus who bore his own cross to the point of death and calls us to do the same. We find ourselves in this paradox. Our country has declared independence from the tyranny of monarchs, yet we proclaim and cling to a risen king. On Independence Day, we celebrate our freedoms knowing that there are people who surround us burdened by hunger the fear of isolation, people who have disproportionately and unfairly suffered at the hands of unjust laws and the greed of the American dream. And we say that all are entitled to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The freedom that we think we enjoy as something pure and innocent and liberating is really another deception of sin because not all are truly free. More often than not, fear keeps us from loving our neighbors as ourselves and our desire for increased wealth, comfort, and security, all in the name of freedom, refuses to acknowledge the vulnerable around us. The freedom we often think of in this world is incomplete because it has to do more with our ability to choose for ourselves, to make our own decisions that directly benefit us above all others a freedom that is not found in Christ, but in ourselves. We do the things we hate, that which we have no desire to do because the false idols of wealth and prosperity blind us to how our claims for independence enslave the vulnerable. We're caught up in this cycle as people, as communities, as a nation, as a world, where even the things we do with best intentions end up harming others. And it's not enough to simply say, 
Let's do better. Let's be better. Because our world is broken and we cannot fix it alone. A good thing that as Christians, we do not declare independence. We're not alone. We have Jesus who liberates us from the fear of death through his own resurrections to be agents of God's freedom. Offering ourselves knowing that the call of Jesus may very well put our happiness, our liberty, even our lives in jeopardy for the sake of the kingdom of God. And so we lean even harder on his promises. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke, the weight of the burden of sin over this world, it has been removed from us. Yet in Jesus, we do not walk around this world empty-handed. The burden of sin is gone. But Jesus has given us yet another one. A burden that is gentle and humble in heart, a rest for the souls of this earth. A burden that looks like a cross bore on our own shoulders as a sign of our commitment and freedom in Jesus Christ. Our burden is our freedom. The healing of the sick and suffering, the rejection of sin, death, and the devil which attempt to corrupt and deceive and keep us from God. Come to me, says Jesus, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Freedom is a responsibility, but we are not alone in carrying that cross. Jesus Christ has rescued us from the cycle of sin and death and delivered us from this body of death. In him, we are truly, deeply free at last. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.